You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Don't touch that dial. It's called Pulse Radio. Like a creature from another time. It inspires the baby's questions. Welcome back to the Piper Carter Podcast. You are listening to Piper Carter, and this is our 106th episode. And I'm in the building, aka on Zoom, with my co host. What's up, Brittany? Peace Pipe, what's going on, Deja? What's up, Jaira? Hey, I oh, guess sorry. Uh, hey, everyone. <laughs> hey, that's so funny. Yeah, so <laughs> let's get right into it. Um, how was your week, Jaira? Uh, it was very, very, uh, very busy and kind of time consuming. Well, not time consuming. It was just busy because um, of work. And then... Uh, I've been studying for school and taking a iOS app development class. So um, taking what? It's been just oh I O I O S app development class. Oh okay, on um the phone or just like the computer or in general? Um, for like all devices. So it's like learning a new language. Like uh, it's called Swift, and okay. I've been learning how to um code. So I get. Essentially, the Swift works on all iOS oh, um, cool. and macOS devices. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'll be. Able to, I'm that's what I've been learning, and I'm getting kind of. I'm understanding understanding it more, but it is a um, tedious and uh, time consuming language to learn. But it's fairly simple. It's just you know, it's a have to go through the learning curve. Hey, Jared, give us a brief description of it, like. Give us like a little summary of what you're studying. Um, so right now I'm just learning about how to interpret different um, languages into like a specific code. So like right now I'm learning the way to um, tell the computer or Swift to know whether or not a, a sentence is false or not. So I have to determine, I have to write different codes to say like, for example, um, right now I'm learning how to write if you make a wrong input into like a password. So like if you're inputting your password into the computer and um, it's like the not, it's not the right lettering. I have to figure out how to make it, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just all over the place. Uh, Pretty much I have to make sure that the code is correct so that whenever somebody um, types specific functions into the computer or their phone, that it happens what they do. Yeah, it's like, it's like, um, you know, uh, like on off or, you know, O's and ones. So it's like when you, yeah. <laughs> when you tell it to do this, it's like a call and response, you know, is it responsive? Like, yeah, so that makes good sense because, you know, you've, we've all 
um, experience technology to when we think we're supposed to do a thing and then maybe there's like quote unquote a glitch and then it doesn't do that thing, right? Like that can be frustrating. So you wanna make sure that, yeah, like when you're designing things for devices that is pretty stable. So it's like, when you do this thing, then the expectation is met, right? Yeah, and it's it's very like, it. Uh, so like after doing all of this, like I really, this makes me appreciate the developers who create like apps and like uh, websites because uh, like it's so much work that goes into this it's ridiculous and yeah it I really appreciate the people who does it because it's a lot of the work and just like to make one like you can literally have two pages worth of like code and it'll only be from one function mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. Just, yeah so that's cool that you're learning yeah it's super cool Jairus that's like that's like a that sounds like a lot of learning, a lot to absorb. Yeah, but you know, I got this. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what's up. Yep. So um what about you, Deja? How's your week been? My week's been pretty crazy. Work's been weird for some reason. Everyone has come in there with a with a chip on their shoulder and a vendetta to get something. But I don't know. Oh, wait, Piper, you told us that. Yeah. You told us people would be on edge. <laughs> yeah. So how did you how did you how were you able to navigate all that? Um I don't know. I was just my usual self I had to be in a professional setting obviously but sometimes I wanted to like give them the same you know attitude back but I don't know I just maintained my composure and just kind of looked at them as if they had like it was their problem not mine that's what one of my coworkers said the, the other day and that's basically how I looked at it without realizing it but I was just I just knew that I had to help them so just did my job. How are you? How are you feeling now? I'm pretty good. Um, people at my job are pretty nervous too because everyone got well. Not everyone, but a lot of people got their first COVID shot last week, or like mm-hmm. in the past couple weeks or something like that. And um, now they're starting to get the second shot, which is the worst shot, and. One girl has already been kind of sick. Well, she had a fever. She had like a hundred degree temperature the other day, so she couldn't come. And then she said that she had a cough. And I talked to her today. Like, that's just what I overheard. And then when I talked to her, she actually told me that, like, she also told me that too, but she told me that she was also really tired and that she just felt like she just didn't have any energy. Um... And she said that she was tired of coughing and that she couldn't sleep. She was just, like, too restless. Um, that was it. And today she was there when she came through the door. Like, we have to check our temperature. And she said it was 99. And they told her to ask the manager what they wanted her to do. And the manager told her that she could stay because it was less than 100, which is crazy. Wow. She, she just felt really bad all day. 
and I just felt really bad for her but like I was walking past her room and she was coughing and I just felt really bad because she's like I care for her too like she's the homie at work and it's just like to see her go through that and then knowing that um one of my coworkers that I deal with in the lab that makes the lenses he's gonna get his shot tomorrow his second shot tomorrow and everyone has basically been saying that you need to take a day off work for the second shot because that's like it's just gonna like take you out that bad um and that's normal to get a fever and to feel all those symptoms with the second one so they're all just nervous to see how it goes and I'm nervous for them but it's gonna be interesting to see because they're like the guinea pigs and it's not mandatory for us yet so well I don't know it might be, but I'm not getting it till they have they like threaten me. <laughs> and even then, I don't know. Yeah, I've heard of some like some really interesting reactions to the the uh, vaccine, but I'm glad that overall people are able to heal. You know, it's mm-hmm. nothing like you know super life threatening, but I know that has to be uncomfortable for them. Hmm. Yeah, but there is something called the long COVID, and I wonder if it'll be a result of um, of the vaccine, which is where people have like heart problems and breathing problems and taste problems long after they've had COVID. Oh, wow. I, wonder, I just wonder what side effects might remain from the vaccine, too, because it's in the strains. I don't know. Yeah, me too. Wow. There's things I think about. There's a lot, man. I had to pause yeah. for a second. Well, it is a lot. <laughs> love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, what about you, Brittany? Mm-hmm. The usual week, uh, work week. This weekend, I didn't do much of anything. Just kind of, like, stayed amongst myself. That felt pretty good, but it was it was a pretty good week. How about you, Pipe? So you didn't do anything? Nothing. Just did you physically go to work? Oh, yeah. I had a work a regular work week, Monday through Friday. So you actually go to a place and then you come home? Yes. Every day? Yep, yep for the most part. Wow. That's <laughs> interesting. No, it's just I don't go anywhere. I'd be in the house. I'd be busy and working, but I go from one room to the next room to the next room. <laughs> yeah, Deja, don't you go into work? Yeah, but Deja mentioned that she was going, and I thought you were only going like a couple times a week. I didn't oh. realize you were going every single day. Yeah, I probably started going every day, probably like in August. Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I mean, I've been busy, busy, busy. I told y'all I started these singing lessons mm-hmm. and to open up my throat chakra, right? And so yep. just to be able to like step into my power and use my voice, blah, blah, blah. So I've been using the Queen of Fool book and the Sacred Woman. And there's the nine gateways. And one of the gateways, you know, is um, anyway... I'll just say it's the throat chakra that we concentrate on in one of the gateways. And so 
it's different rituals and things with oils and crystals and all that but um but I started taking these voice lessons in addition to that so that I could just get into my body and I said before that like a couple of weeks ago I had this kind of outer body experience where well inner body let me say that in my body experience where you know I had surfaced by doing the deep shadow work I had surfaced some traumas and I just did a lot of deep like sobbing you know but um like I think you know I said oh I think that's like some type of like breakthrough and so Friday I am a part of uh it's one of the national coalitions I'm a part of and I'll just say this I had been kind of um I want to say either suppressing or holding on to um some comments all year that I felt was like a critique but I was just holding back because you know when you're doing work and you want to look to the greater good sometimes you're like okay let me pick and choose my battles you know and I didn't want to I don't know I, I want to say maybe I didn't want to rock the boat or I didn't want to feel um like I was in uh inhibiting progress or holding things back by you know speaking up on certain things and I just felt like um uh well I'll just say this we were having a meeting and during the meeting one of the facilitators was like to the group not just to me but to the group um if folks have you know uh any things that need to be said for the you know greater good of the group now's the time right and um you know don't hold back if you uh you know the the, the reason we're meeting is because we want to you know surface things that need to be shifted moving forward so that we could you know get these things out here so we could work on them and work better together. And I hadn't spoken for like a whole hour. And then about an hour into the meeting, you know, um, I text the facilitator and I said, you know, I don't feel safe to share, right? And, I, you know, I feel like I might get retaliated against or, I don't know, thrown off the group or just, I don't know, I didn't, but I, you know, I have some things to share that I feel and I've been holding on to for a while, but I haven't shared them because I didn't want to, you know, be disruptive any type of way. And the facilitator was like, nah, this is that time, like say it. And, you know, I got your back, whatever. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I speak up and I say the thing that I feel needs to be said. And... I don't know, immediately I was met, like, I don't know, five people immediately were like, wanted to respond to it, you know, and defend defend themselves. I didn't say it about any one particular person. I said it kind of about some behaviors and what I felt are, you know, certain behaviors or whatever um, that to me are just different than what I would, the way I would like us to move, right? And I, 
um, used, you know, the my uh, language that I felt described the feeling to the best, you know, of my, the way it felt to me, you know. And so, oh man, I got like, it wasn't only just five people, but then like three of the people came back with like an extra comment on top of that. But I was proud of myself. Like I didn't apologize for what I said. I didn't excuse what I said. I didn't explain what I said. I just said what I had to say. I meant what I said and I let it be there. I didn't go back and forth with people. Although I was asked to like be specific and this kind of thing. And I was like, well, I don't want to go into specificity because it's not about a particular incident or a particular thing. It's a pattern that I see that's been happening and it's pretty consistent, you know? And so it's more about you know, difference of possibly philosophy, you know, or difference anyway, but, um, or difference in a way thing, you know, that the way I feel things should go, but I'm naming it, right? Because this is, I've been asked or invited into being able to name that. But anyway, long story short, I feel that I, I spoke, you know, and normally I would have just like, held that and kept it pushing but I spoke and it was so uncomfortable it was so uncomfortable um and it was uncomfortable because I had a feeling like I didn't want to tell people the truth because I didn't want people to be either offended by what I said or upset by what I said. Like, I didn't want to upset people, but I was invited to tell the truth. And so afterwards, after I shared and after they kind of, I don't want to say they went ham on me, but they weren't feeling what I said. I'll put it that way. And after they spoke up a few times and we went around with that, I didn't, I didn't ask to like respond to anything. I didn't contact anyone afterwards to try to explain or try to be cool or try to, I just let it stay there. And I really hope that the things that I say that people think about, and I hope they don't take it offensively. I hope they take it as a legitimate critique um, that is not meant with malice, that is meant with, you know, sincerity. And I, you know, um, I hope it, I hope that it's received and um, and taken in and and that they're you know my thoughts are uh, pondered upon. But I'm just saying that to say that I gotta keep it real. Afterwards, I like sobbed uncontrollably. Um, afterwards, like you know, after the meeting and everything, and I think it was just because of the level of uncomfortability it was just standing up for myself, but. Anyway, that's my long-winded way of saying, like, I use my voice, I use my words. Um, I'm getting more used to it. It's a bit challenging for me. I know people don't believe that, but a lot of times I just keep my mouth shut. But um, anyway, that's how my that's how my like 
week has been. And then I had my um, <laughs> voice lesson like that next day, which was yesterday. And um, how did that go? She gave me another song to sing. And I've got to practice it all week. It's a bit more challenging. And I'm intimidated by it, but I'm just going to sing it. I'm like, you know what? What is going to happen to me if I practice this song and sing it? Like, what will happen to me? Nothing. I'll just practice the song and sing it. And maybe I'll suck. And so what? I'll just keep practicing. Like, it's okay. But anyway, yeah, just wanted to share that with y'all. That's my That was my week, though. Yeah. So. All nice, right. Pipe. Yeah, I didn't mean to talk like that long. Well, with that, no, that's cool. my voice has been on the uh, out there for so long. You know what I'll do? I'm gonna let Deja go just to break it up, and then I then then we could come back to me. So Deja, you got some interesting news? Yes, Kwame Kilpatrick's out. Kwame Kilpatrick. Yay! I was pretty. <laughs> I was pretty happy to see all those pictures, like. With his son, with his dad, like those are undeniably cool pictures, man. To see this guy home, yeah. How do you, yeah. How do you guys feel about it? Yeah, I feel. Like, I mean, I'm glad that a black man is out of jail. Um, I feel like he served his time. I mean, I don't know why he needed to be punished for 28 years. I understand the like the severity of what he did, but I don't know. I just think prison is terrible still and I feel like a crime like that didn't deserve the prison that exists I feel like he needed to be reprimanded another way but that's yeah so I'm glad that he's out that's just how I feel I'm glad for him yeah I don't what is he ever able to be another public official or is, is that's over with he has to do something else um I feel like that would be over with I don't I don't know, okay. but people ironically asked, someone asked the question on Twitter earlier this week if they would reelect him. And a lot of people said, hell no, of course, but a lot of people said, yeah, they would give him another chance. Hilarious. Like, I would say it was about equal, honestly. That's real interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, I told you guys a few years ago, the Fox 2 News reporter Charles LaDuff did a story that broke down the city of Detroit's history of crime. And he started all the way back in the 1920s, like showing all the different mayors that have, you know, um, haven't used funds properly to say the least. But he did the story to kind of just show that it didn't start with Coleman A. Young, nor did it start with Kwame, which I thought was an interesting piece. All right, so keep going. Don't stop there. Tell us more, Britt. Oh, I mean, it was interesting. Like, I mean, like I'm saying, like each time period, there was a mayor that basically took money and did uh, different things with it, whether it be from, uh, you know, getting specific contractors, which they people always try to, you know, stick on Kwame or Coleman A. Young for, you know, hiring contractors that they knew or, you know, that you know, they were friends with or were family members with. But when basically Charles LaDuff's story just showed you how it's a part of the Detroit city's history 
in politics where there's a lot of dirt and grime that goes on and the media you know you know the, the propaganda made it seem like it started with black people being in you know being in in power and that's just not the case so you know Kwame being uh today's just point 28 years is a is a is a very long sentence and you know Kim Worthy was a part of that I think the, the prosecutor at the time and the prosecutor on the case you know mm-hmm. she definitely uh she definitely had it out for Kwame for several reasons you know but on a on a higher level I hear the rumors are that they wanted Kwame to um agree to do things with the water within the state and he wouldn't do it and so they you know they blackballed him in a lot of ways but who knows it's politics it's dirty it's grimy we'll never know the things that really really go on I saw a meme or not a meme I saw on Twitter they uh had you know I don't man I don't remember who the guy was but it was like imagine someone like looking all around like in surprise mm-hmm. and it was like this is uh Kwame walking on Livernois seven mile <laughs> hilarious <laughs> yeah I mean you know just imagining the change you know yeah um, and so yeah I mean I'm glad he's out you know what's interesting uh he went to the same African-centered school I went to when we were little okay and I re- yeah and I lived in New York when he was running but when I would come home I was helping my my other friends who were actually they were uh lead part of like leading in his campaign um my friend um Jamila Perkins rest in power and um Kimba Namdi whose parents owned our school and also uh the Anamdi gallery but um they were kind of like helping him get his campaign going. And my cousin, uh, Ibn, is one of his best friends. And so they was cronies and all that stuff. They went to college together and basketball. They grew up together, like all that kind of stuff. And my aunt and my family was cool with his mom. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I don't have it anymore, but I had some pictures of when we were little at the Y, not the Y that's there now, not that bowl. It was another one. The Y used to be, it was downtown, but it was a bit more closer to uh, Cass Corridor. Okay. It was the first Y. And we used to go there and we used to go swimming. And I got a picture of it. We used to dive and swim. We had swim class. And um, man, we used to, him, his sister, Ayana, all of us, we used to have so much fun at, uh, you know, in our, our little school, um, our little private African-centered school, like, you know, but it's so funny. Um, even back then, you know what I mean? He had super leader qualities and he was like, a you know, a leader in our group. And so, um, I don't know, it's really hurtful to see like all that transpired, you know, all of it, right? The scandalous parts, the, um, you know, the his family torn apart, like all the legal battles, like, you know, see his mom 
lose, you know, her position that she should have been able to keep, you know what I'm saying? On to however long she wanted to keep it, like just all the stuff their family went through. So I don't know. I'm glad that he's home. Uh, and I posted that I hope he gets to heal the healing that he needs, you know. Um, cause yeah, prison, there's no place for any human, but yeah, just sending him a whole bunch of love, you know what I mean? Uh yeah. But and and also people was writing on my post like he took people's pensions and this kind of thing, and that yeah, so you know, I feel for people who lost their pension because people was working that job not because they believed in, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, the work, you know what I'm saying? So when somebody get their pension taken, like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's deep. Mm-hmm. He yeah. served his time, though. He served, what, seven years? Time, yeah. And I mean, yeah. prison, we got to find some other ways to make people pay for the stuff that they do. I, I don't have the answer at this moment, but. I'm with you, though. Um, well, I don't know. Did you have more about that, Deja? No, no. I just wanted us all to share our views about Kwame. Yeah, thank I'm you, Deja. Yeah. I do look forward to seeing what he's going to do next, though. Me too. You know what? We have the Me internet. He could, he could totally just cash in like Kim Kardashian, you know? Just like <laughs> cash in on just being Kwame and the scandal and all that. He could ride that for I a I think he should minute, get his money up, you know. Mm-hmm. As long as he does the right things for you know to redeem himself, and then whatever community he said he decides to reside, um, and maybe go back and do something for Detroit, hopefully. But yeah, I think that would be good for him. That'd be the best thing he can do. That'd be the smart like media thing to do. <laughs> yeah, like do that, and you know, get, have a what is it called a social enterprise? You know, social mission attached to it you know um yeah so we'll see much love to you Kwame the whole Kilpatrick family so well let's go to you Brittany well you guys want to talk about Hank Aaron uh who recently passed away um I'd say power yes rest in power for sure he was uh 87 years old I think uh few days before his passing or a week before his passing he received his second shot uh, of the vaccine in Atlanta and uh, a few days later he uh, passed away in his sleep uh, and they're not quite sure what his reasons are for passing but just want to take some time to uplift him uh, just because during his long lifetime he accomplished a lot of things and uh, I mean as a hero in so many different ways when it comes to just being an athlete uh you can talk about you know being an athlete that started off in the negro league and uh was able to transition into uh the mlb and through the transition you know was a you know was very impactful during the civil rights movement um play for the atlanta braves for most of his career and uh in the course of his career he uh was able to uh beat out babe roofs uh, hitting record I think he had up to 755 home run hits uh, I think he still may even have the highest record at this point if it wasn't 
uh, beaten out by Barry Bonds, which I'm not sure it was. But, um, you know, just a very, very well-mannered, uh, humble athlete, uh, person, human being. Um, and, you know, with Black history coming up, you know, we talk about uh, how impactful Kobe was on and off the court. Uh, we're almost up on a year of his uh, anniversary of passing. You know, Hank Aaron, his legacy and the things that he was uh, able to accomplish during his time frame, you know, shadows and mimics what Kobe was able to do during his. So I uh, just want to uplift him and uh, ash- lots of ashes and healing to his family. And uh, you guys have anything you want to add or comment on? Yeah, Shay. You have anything, Deja? Yeah, Shay, I just, you know, I'm also impacted by his life and what he did for us as people. I'm just thankful for his existence and I'm just sad to see him go. And I, I don't know if it would have happened without that COVID about that shot man I don't know the media I feel like they're trying to cover it up and I can't say but I don't know I just think it's also something to consider too yeah definitely do too it's wild to take that vaccine our elders yeah that's wild wow I want to play um at least half of this clip which is so long uh, this was an interview from 1980, and you know he retired in '76. So I got this older clip only because I do like older. I, I like older news clips. I think they did a much better job. Mm. But uh, and the and the woman is black, and so I wanted to you know I like that uh, you know black woman news anchor just sharing um, kind of a retrospective. And they had asked him about the career of Jackie Robinson, you know, and but in this clip, you get a chance to hear about him. So um, here we go. Like Hank Aaron grew up to write their own chapters of baseball history. Now director of player development for the Atlanta Braves, Hank oversees the team's farm system. At spring training in West Palm Beach, Florida, Hank talked about what Jackie Robinson meant to him. Well, Jackie Robinson was, uh, of course, he was my boyhood owl, number one, and uh, he meant more to me than just a baseball player. He meant something that uh, I guess every black kid and every black person in America uh, looked up to him because of the things and the things that he stood for. Uh, he was a tremendous ball player, <clears throat> and he was concerned with the well-being of black off the field. Uh, he was concerned with the um, with the progress of black management. He was concerned with uh, blacks in politics, and uh, uh, Jackie was just uh, the kind of person that uh, I suppose that you all, uh, I always wanted my son to grow up to be. Hank Aaron signed with the Milwaukee Braves organization in 1952 and in their minor league system was the first black player in the Sally League. In the majors, he and New York Giants outfielder Willie Mays were the two great sluggers of the 1950s and 60s. Aaron had a 23-year major league career, retiring in 1976 with all-time records in several offensive categories. His single towering achievement was to break Babe Ruth's supposedly untouchable record of 714 career home runs. 
Here he hits the biggest one, number 715. His final tally was 755 homers. Hank remembers the 1950s and 60s as transitional years for the black baseball player. I came up uh, during the time when the segregation was still there. You know, we were allowed to play with our white teammates in Bradenton, Florida, but we were not allowed to stay with them. Uh, we were also allowed to play with them in some places in, in, in Florida, but not allowed to, um, to play with them on the field. Um, we were also allowed to play with them, and even in some of the cities that, uh, uh, like in Mobile, uh, New Orleans, and places like this, there was still a lot of segregation. But I felt, and I still do, and that, and that was during the time when Jackie Robinson was still playing. I felt like, uh, although I had not been through some of the things that Jackie had, nearly some of the things that he had been through, I felt that I was, in myself, along with some of the other black players, were also being tested. You know, if we had failed, uh, then some of the black players that is playing today would not be in the league. Some of the things that could come. So I'm gonna just stop it there because it's a bit longer. It's a, but I wanted to uh, share that so we could hear his voice and hear from him. You know, his contribution. That was really good. That was powerful. Thank you, Parker. Oh yeah, for sure. Thank you, Hank Aaron. Yes. You know, Ashay. When I was a kid. You know, when, like I said, I, was, I grew up in African-centered school. So, you know, Hank Aaron, man, I mean, he was like, it's like Hank Aaron, Muhammad Ali, you know what I'm saying? Like those were the, our, you know, I guess for y'all generation, I mean, even my generation, you know, is, uh, you know, the Michael Jordan or, you know, a different sport, but you know, um, you know, or, or, or LeBron or Kobe for you rest in power, but like for, you know, like us Gen Xers or even a generation before me, it's like having a player who embodies, you know, the integrity and the values, I would say of what you're taught in the, I'm gonna use air quotes, black community, um, to give back to your community, to fight against injustices, to speak up, to stand up. Um, and just, he continued, like, I, I watched so many interviews. I chose that one because it was a black woman. I thought she did a great job. And like I said, it's a bit longer, there's more to it, but he was on all, like so many shows and every single show, that he was on of all the like I'm talking about like interview after interview after interview he consistently spoke up about you know wanting to change things for black folks moving forward and so just using his platform you know to change things and so he excelled in the sport itself and he was, I don't know, I hate to use the word exemplary human as if other people aren't valuable, but just really value him. Let me just put that there. And thank you uh, for continuing to even speak on that in public areas, right? Because we see where it could get comfortable yep. to go to the other side, if you will, right? So yeah, anyway, just want to put that out there. Thanks, um, Pike. of course. Yeah. So, 
Um, dun, 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 dun. Okay. Well, I'm looking on my little spreadsheet here. And it looks like we went through all of our topics or no. Did we go, Jaira? What's up? Did we do your topic? No, we didn't, did we? No, we didn't. Oh, let's hear from you, brother. All right. So um, what I want to talk about is something China has been doing. Well, they've been doing it for a while now, since 2014. And um, it's kind of something. So have you all seen Black Mirror by any of the seasons from Black Mirror? Love Black Mirror. Um, so you remember the episode where that lady had um, her phone and she was using her phone along with everyone else in this season was using their phone to um, identify each other for like social um, ratings. So like, you know, there was like a 3D um, virtual hologram that was like above your head or on your phone in general, on your person. And it states, you know, how you are as a person and just rates you in general in the world so that, you know, anyone that has this, you know, device or phone, um, they can see if you're a nice person, they can see um, if you're, um, you know, just basically see what kind of person you are uh, and if they want to deal with you. Um, getting into this point, China has something very, very similar to this, and they have started this plan in, in 2014. Um, if you go on Wired.com, they have more details about this story, um, but it's been going on for quite some time, but it's getting more popular and uh, a lot more uh, serious in a way, because now you have to have it in order to like, you know, go around and do things around the city or just the country in general. Um, so everyone speak is- more about that. Yeah, speak more about that because, you know, we had Tawana Petio in here, shouts out, who is a champion for, I'm gonna call it like cyber rights. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. um, to, you know, talking about this and she's been talking about that for some years now. And yeah, I saw that Black Mirror episode. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm part of the Digital Justice Coalition and we uh, have been talking about that for at least a few years now. And so I wanna hear more about how, we, we saw how it had been being implemented in China and you spoke about China, but is any of that being implemented like in Europe or other countries or is it mostly in just in China? Um, right now it's mostly in China. I mean, other countries and areas are trying it, but they're not, it's not as public as China's is. Like China, you have to literally, like if you don't have it, they'll like take you to prison or, you know, you get in big trouble for it. Um, what for but like other, what? yeah, for not having the app on your phone, you'll get like, you know, you, you there's penalties for it. Man, you go to prison for not having an app on your phone? Yes. It's, wow. it's, they make it to where it's required and that you need to have it. And um, so like, if let's say you, let's say you jaywalked across the street and if you were caught in the act doing it, um, this app 
essentially will put you on a huge billboard on every single like across the whole like everywhere they will you know announce that you did this to everyone and you know they kind of just like put you on display shaming you for the stuff that the crime that you did so like you know if you robbed if you stole if you um anything you did they will put it on like a billboard and put like your rating up there so like everyone starts at a rating of a thousand points and um you know it can decrease or increase over time and so like you lose points if you um do anything bad like any crimes and you lose points and you know people will judge you just based off of your points kind of like black mirror and um how what age does that start at um like there there's no specific age but i'm pretty sure it starts like young like if you know what wrong and right is they probably have you with that phone or with the app oh man so let me ask this okay Brittany, with you, if they bring that to the U.S., what will we see you doing on that billboard? There, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brittany. Nope. All right, Brittany, go sleep. I guess. What about you, Jira? What What you gonna be doing uh, on the billboard? <laughs> Yeah, probably catch me for like um, <laughs> driving too fast. What about yeah. Deja? Deja, what will we see you doing on the billboard? Probably driving too fast or smoking. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I think smoking's legal. No, no. I mean, it is in some places. Yeah. Not in Texas. Shame. I'm trying to think what I would get caught. <laughs> Cause like I drive like a old, like an elder, yo. I drive so careful. <laughs> I'm doing like ten and two. Um, I'm trying to think what I would get caught doing on the billboard. I gotta see like, what would I I'm do? Taking pictures of like uh, taking pictures in the wrong area that uh, without a permit. <laughs> that that's probably what I'll see. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Cause I definitely do that now. <laughs> protesting the police <laughs> yeah <laughs> you'll see her on billboard <laughs> any, any of your activism yeah all of your work that's funny <laughs> and the crazy thing is they'll probably put your face like so close up so you can't even be like it wasn't yeah. they got probably like yeah they, they do put your face too whatever. as well yeah and all that and then it's like clear 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 you know because now they got all that like low light you know technology yeah right you'll be like oh that wasn't me and it'll be like <laughs> 98 points of uh of what do you call that you know when they do the facial recognition and they do the points of like oh their, showing yeah, you know yeah to prove it's you <laughs> they have so many different points on it <laughs> yeah they'll be like it's 99.9 and i'll be like but it's point one not <laughs> keep fighting nah i mean that's pretty scary yo it is that's where we're going to come to because everything's revolved around phones and technology prison though like seriously yeah it's going to get that serious 
Man, that is some crazy. You know, they, so girl Kamala. Huh? Probably so, right? Okay, I got so much to say about that, but you got more on that, um, Jaira? Um, no, that was pretty much it. That was pretty much the um, the sum of what I was gonna say. Wow. What, Brittany? You back with us? Earth to Brittany. Okay. She's knocked out. She dropped out. Okay. No, well, I said she's knocked out. <laughs> she might be knocked out, right? Well, um, yeah. Well, I'm gonna do the uh, I'm gonna do the astrology report. Um, that's cool. So yeah, so this week um, is well. Today is the twenty fourth, so it's the week of the twenty fourth, and this week is bringing us the um, the Leo in in the full moon, right? Well, the full moon in Leo, rather. And so that's going to fall on the 28th or the 29th, depending on your time zone. And so this full moon comes uh, with a lot of like wild card energy, right? And it has lots of layers um, to this energy. So two things. One, it feels like it could be uh, uh, like a, I'd say like a a really like a culmination point, right? Um, and then secondly, it's the last full moon um, of the zodiac cycle, and so we're gonna see things coming to an end. Um, it can it uh, coincides with uh, the sun in Jupiter, and um, and, and which it creates another conjunction. And so this happens about once a year um, and it's pretty much the alignment of uh, the sun and Jupiter. And so it's a very lucky, fortunate energy and it allows us to expand and opens the doors to abundance of opportunity. And so this energy helps us to look for the jewels of wisdom, even if we're, you know, going through like a rough patch, right? Um, so if we feel a little insecure, then we want to think of how we can focus on the bigger picture. And so this alignment is very um, protective as well. So no matter, you know, what's happening, uh, you know, now, um, just understand that we're under like this like cosmic protection, right? So keep that in mind and, you know, see if you can look belong, uh, beyond like what's happening uh, in the here and now towards like this bigger picture. Um, and so, you know, where we can uh, just, you know, leave space though, right? Because um, whatever's happening around us that's, you know, pretty chaotic uh, is gonna be leading us uh, to this best destination, right? Um, that we just can't see right now. Um, so that's the full moon. And then um, the other big energy that we have this week is the first 
Mercury retrograde of the year, and it's going to happen on January the 30th. And that's going to run all the way until the middle of February. And so this Mercury retrograde falls in the sign of Aquarius. And it's also the first Mercury retrograde in an air sign um, that we've had for a while. And um, it's a little bit of different energy. Mercury is ruled by the element of air and also Earth um, as well. So we definitely can feel this retrograde energy a little more strongly than normal. And the Mercury retrograde is triggering for us relationships that um, seem to be a big theme, right? Around uh, this, you know, well, basically because of um, whatever the planets are doing uh, with Venus, um, which is a planet of love, right? And relationships. So it's just a very active um, energy at this time. So we could use all the, uh, you know, we could see probably all these uh, relationship wounds surfacing, right? And coming up for us. Um, we could see that, uh, you know, relationships need to be mended or, or look at things from our past, right? That might be resurfacing. Um, so we might see that also because the Mercury is in um, retrograde and, and is in an air sign. Um, we may start to feel our mind becoming a little cluttered or foggy and maybe things don't make as much sense to us. Um, might be hard to be decisive. And that could definitely be a side effect of the retrograde, but the task at hand for us is to really learn how to create a well-being of the mind, right? And uh, our mind can really control our lives if we allow it to, right? It can be positive or negative. So uh, we're really trying to come into a state of balance, right? To honor the thoughts that we have, um, to take the wisdom and the intelligence, you know, that our minds can offer. And also to not get stuck in repetitive thoughts that can usually be unhelpful. Um, and they can, you know, uh, get us stuck or, uh, you know, being rooted in limited thinking or beliefs that really don't serve us, right? So this is really the work that um, that we're getting, that we're going to have to do, you know, from the energy that we're getting from this Mercury um, retrograde, retrograde, which is mostly in air signs um, this year. And so, like I said, it's the task of, um, well, of this, of us, right? Uh, and of this retrograde pretty much is um, to help us create a more balanced state of mind, um, help us to determine uh, you know, like, what is our insecurity and our fear, um, you know, versus like, what's our intuition. And um, that's pretty much going to be the theme, right? And how we can understand how our ideas uh, that, that, you know, come into the mind, you know, how do we listen to our thoughts, right? Um, and then how do we let some of them go? Um, you know, the ones that don't serve us anymore. Um, and that's 
just a little bit of, you know, the balance that we're going to be working to create. So it's just time to like, you know, take a pause, check in with ourselves, um, you know, wait until we feel certain before we make any decisions, trust our intuition. Because um, if we can, uh, you know, hear our intuition clearly, right? Um, I mean, and if we want to practice that, like something we could do to like tap in, you know, to our heart center, right? Like a really good exercise um, is to, you know, center our energy, right? From our minds and our heads um, into our hearts, right? And just imagine the energy flowing from the head, especially if we're overthinking, um, you know, if we have a lot of thoughts and, you know, our imagination, right? Um, we want to, we want to use this energy, right? And, and, and expand it. So uh, down into our heart center. So we want to use our breathing, you know, to go into our hearts and then, you know, just listen to that small, still voice of wisdom um, that it offers. And um, yeah, so I'll just put like a period there. Um, so, oh, I think Brittany had to drop off. You guys still there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank so you, Piper. That was great. Was any of that useful to you? Yeah, it definitely yeah. been in my head a lot of, but definitely been in my head about a lot of stuff. So yeah, ready to let it go. Oh wow. Um, what about you? You said yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. Oh, like which part was any anything for this week or anything for your class? Um. Probably more so towards my class. Yeah. Anything that you feel like you could use? Um, I'll explain it. It's probably toward, I would say everything towards my class due to um, not letting it stress me out because um, it, it sometimes it is kind of well, it's not stressful. Well, it is stressful, but um, it's like a good stress in a way, like knowing that it's progress. Mm -hmm. But um, it is, you know, kind of like overwhelming sometimes with like trying to figure out how things go and yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Well, well, thanks for listening. I guess the other two things I had, I don't know if y'all watched it, but did y'all see the salt and pepper um, uh, biopic on uh, Lifetime? No, my mom was watching it and I saw people on my timeline talking about it last night and I heard it was pretty well depicted. Man, I watched it and mm -hmm. I'll say this. It was, um, what's your mom think? Um, I haven't talked to her about it. It's actually on right now in the living room, but she's in her room somewhere. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I, um, you know, that was my, that was my life period, you know, like I worked, like I uh, not work, but I lived like through that. Like when they came out, 
I was living in New Jersey. I was what, like 13 or so. And um, I was in middle school. And I remember hearing their song for the first time on Mr. Magic's Rap Attack, which was the weekly radio show in New York City. And I just remember they blew my mind and I was like, oh my God, these women. And I hadn't seen them at all. I just thought they were amazing. And everything about it, everything about the bi biopic, I thought it took me back to memory lane. Like I had a lot of fun, but, but um, also too, like I learned a lot. I learned a lot about um, their life, things that it's funny. Like I intuited like a lot of stuff, but I didn't know a lot of that stuff was happening, but I could tell that things were changing with them and stuff was different because they just felt different to me as I was growing older. And so their entire career, I would say, was like the entirety of like my youth or my coming of age. And so I looked to them growing up, they were my role models. Um, I loved having them as women in hip hop. I thought they were so powerful. I loved their style. I cut my hair to be like Peppa. I didn't know, like they showed in the, uh, in the thing, they said, you know, that she went to go do her hair. Her friend burned her hair. And that's how that style came about. And what's funny about that is I remember I snuck and cut my hair to be just like Pep with the asymmetrical. And I remember my mom saying, you look like one of those girls that put a perm in her hair and all her ha hair fell out. <laughs> and to just know that that was where the style originated from um, was like, wow. But honestly, like it was cute, it was fly. You know, they had the earrings and the combat boots and the sneakers and the oversized this and the dookie chains and all that. They were so awesome. The words were so powerful. And, the you know, just, that was just my group, man. I love me some salt and pepper. Their dance moves, like everything about them. I was like, wow. But I will say this. They was clowning them on Twitter. Uh, they were clowning the biopic on Twitter. Did you see it, Deja? Uh, no, I did not. You didn't? Oh, yeah, no. They no, were I saw people saying that Russell Simmons was basically like a whole-ass nigga. <laughs> no, I, mean, but I don't know what happened because I guess, I don't know, they said that he didn't have faith in them or something like that. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, he, he, he was saying that they were whack. You know, he wasn't feeling them. He was saying they was whack things about and yeah. I overheard that. And she said later, later, when, you know, once they blew up, that he offered them to come to Def Jam. And she was like, she said, they was like, nah, we're good. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's funny. Yeah, but, um, no, they was really clowning Lifetime because of the wigs and, you know, some of the production elements. But, um, Mostly because of the hair. Oh. <laughs> the biopic they said was terrible. Like the the mm -hmm. wigs and everything from uh from Herbie and then some of the other, you know, wigs or whatever they said were pretty terrible. But all in all, I had fun. It did suck 
that Spinderella was not really highlighted. And I saw that she sued them, uh, like, what was the year before last? She sued them uh, for her royalties. And um, oh, the label or the, the other two women? Uh, the, she sued Saul, technically. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And so that was a controversy because she came out like the day before the biopic and was like, I don't support it. I'm not watching it. Like, don't support it type thing. Mm -hmm. So I saw a lot of people online tell me they wasn't going to support it because, you know, of the controversy. And so, yeah, just wanted to um, uh, acknowledge that. And yeah, I mean, it, it really sucks because like, I appreciate that Lifetime does all these different, you know, stories and things. But I will say this, it's true, the production value is pretty crappy. So, um, yeah, I don't know. The production value is just pretty crappy. So, but at the same time, I'm happy that their stories get told, you know, um, and that their stories get invested into. I will also say you could tell that they were the ones that were in charge of it and it was really super one-sided, but, um, and then the interview at the end, did you see the interview with Lonnie Love? No, I didn't see any of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, afterwards, um, they did an interview with Lonnie Love, and it's funny, I'm like, Lonnie wasn't asking no good questions, and the interview was kind of boring, but. Um, I'm not surprised, to be honest. I'm like, why would they choose Lonnie Love? Is she known for hip hop or something? I don't think so. No, just a black person on the real feels to women. Man, like, I don't know why they chose Lonnie Love. They should have got, I don't know, but I saw Spinderella went on Claudia Jordan's show and um, Claudia did a good job with Spin. So I don't know, but you know, kudos to you, Lonnie, that you got that interview. <laughs> but she kept saying pepper, pepper. And I was like, it's not pepper, it's pepper. It was driving me insane. Oh, hell no. <laughs> it was just funny. But I no. don't know. I wanted to talk about Biden and his 100 days, but I feel like in, in, the, in all the executive orders and all this kind of stuff, but I feel like uh, Brittany's not on this show and we've already been talking for a while. I feel like we could just put a period there and then maybe next week when we come back, we'll see how this 100 days is going, these executive orders are going and how stuff's going. How does that sound? Sounds, Sounds good. good to me. Sounds good? Okay, okay. All right, y'all. Well, thank y'all. Um, you got any last words that you want to share, Jaira? Make sure you all study and learn something new because I know I am. Okay. And what about you, Deja? That's great advice. Yes. Do something to propel yourself forward. All right. Um, I guess for me, um, I'm just excited. This week is my birthday on Wednesday. I'm going uh, to be 59. Can you believe that? Woohoo! Gen X in the house. But yeah, um, go Aquarius energy. So yeah, I'm really excited and um, looking forward to, you know, 2021. It started off crazy. And um, as we can see, there's a lot going on. 
So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, just looking forward to all the energy that is, um, that is shifting and changing, you know, our planet. And so, and just excited that, you know, I have a birthday coming up this, this week. And so, and just appreciative to y'all for doing the show. Appreciate all y'all um, and appreciate all the listeners. So if y'all want to keep listening, share the show. Um, it's the Piper Carter podcast. We are with Detroit is different on DetroitIsDifferent.net. And you can find us on all streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, also in Google Play, and many other places. And you can contact us on social media, on Instagram, and on Facebook at pc.podcast. Also, we have a Facebook group, Piper Carter Podcast. So join us there for lots of conversation. The group is growing. We have a couple of hundred people in the group. So want to get some more conversations and things going. And so, yeah, we appreciate you. And we'll see you next week. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify.